Hi, this is John Hendrickson. And this is Christina Metter. And welcome to Afraid of the Dark. How are you doing today, Christina? I'm good. I'm good. You know, uh, this rain is definitely uh, <laughs> creating some challenges, I'll tell you. Oh, my God. We're, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties tonight, so it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for us, but we will we will party on and get through this. So yeah. anyway. So tonight we are going to talk about something that I think we all can relate to, and it's intimacy. And the reason John and I chose this topic is because for all of us, we struggle in our lives with how to relate to the people we love, whether it's an intimate relationship, family members, children. I just think it's rampant. So um, anyhow, that, that was the inspiration for that. And most of us, we don't have a roadmap. <laughs> Even those of us in the field of training sometimes have to really seek out the right tools. Yeah, I would totally agree. And, and again, coming with a guy's perspective, intimacy could mean a lot of different things. And we're going to dive in that, into that tonight. And that's one reason why we wanted to do it, to get the female perspective and definitely get the, get the male perspective because they, they can differ quite a bit. <laughs> that is for sure. Yep. So it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. So I hope you guys are going to enjoy. Please feel free to call in if you have any questions or just want to share any insights. And uh, yeah, let's just have a good time with this tonight. Yeah. So I figured where I'd like to start, John, is, you know, as a guy, yeah. for you, <laughs> before you had tools and awareness, what, what did intimacy mean to you? Ah, as a guy, before I evolved, because I like to think that I've evolved <laughs> over the years um, from many, many years ago. But, you know, the first thing that pops into my mind is, I got to be honest, is S-E-X, sex. That's the first thing that pops into my head when I hear the word intimacy. I see a, well, you don't want to know what I see, but it definitely is sex. Um, so, you know, we'll dive into how that's changed over the years for me, but that's the first thing that pops into my mind. And so you gauged it by how, you know, how attracted you were to somebody? Yeah, I, I think it was more of just an attraction. Um, that, that drew me to it. Um, obviously attraction is only going to hold you for so long that does start to, to fade in time. And that's where intimacy comes into play. And that's where this gets more complicated, but definitely, you know, we're, you know, I'm not speaking for all males, but I did talk to a lot of guys over this past week just to kind of quiz them. And, you know, my first question then was, you know, when you hear the word intimacy, what is the first thing that pops in your mind? And I shit you not, but their first thing was sex. So the attraction that draws us to somebody. And, um, yeah, we'll, just, we'll start from there. So, Christina, as a female, you know, when you hear the word intimacy, what, you know, what, what do you think about? Well, I know for me, uh, before I, you know, speaking from many years ago, uh, what intimacy meant to me was basically how much a guy was interested in me, how much he called me, how much time we spent together. And it definitely um, in the past was something where my life started to revolve around that person more and more. And that, um, which obviously becomes unhealthy over time. But so to me, it was frequency. It was how much I was being desired and pursued and, um, and how good it was. Too. I think, you know, um, in the beginning stages of a relationship, it's, it's coasting, it's good, there's, there's yeah. attraction, and, and, and until you have that first disagreement or that first fight, and it's like, uh-oh, maybe this isn't the right one. You know, it's like this, this thing happens. Um, so that, back in the day, was definitely how I gauged it myself. You know? No, I, I get you. I think we can all probably attest to it. It's, you see somebody, you're attracted to them, and... I was, I was thinking about this on the drive over and I, I just kind of came up with the word passion. You have this, this, this passionate attraction to somebody. And it's like I said a few minutes ago, that that's great and all for a short period of time, but that does erode and then the reality hits of, you know, who is this person really? So, you know, it's funny because we've been talking about a star is born and 
the move or the song shallow and in so many ways passion can be really shallow and that attraction initially is very shallow and it's it's hopefully knowing yourself better getting to know that person better that's going to add some depthness to it so you know that's you know that's the key to intimacy right there or the start of finding true intimacy yeah and so what what i see in working with people uh whether they're in relationship or uh wanting relationships some of the challenges they have is how to how to deal with conflict when it arises and 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 what to do um how to deal with actually being intimate with their own self because yeah. we're going to talk about that in, in in a few minutes what that means but but there's so many components i think that the piece for me as i'm sitting here just talking about this you john and and all of you listeners is there's such a complexity to intimacy. I mean, you're taking two, it's, it's, you know, I'm a big Star Trek fan. So if you, if you look at like two separate planets kind of converging or, or, you know, coming close to each other, it's the alchemy of two completely separate people interfacing. And that is, there's so much complexity to that. Um, We have a saying in the field, uh, therapists do that if you find somebody where it's working it's like it's time to throw a big celebration (laughs) because there's so many levels and components to intimacy but anyhow so what we're going to talk about now is what what is intimacy you know and and john you got that great definition i'd love to kind of um i want to start with that because i i think those components yeah I, i think yeah and um with the different segments. Yeah, I think that's a good place to start and then we can kind of break that down. So I'm going to let you share your, what you found. And yeah. I mean, out of curiosity, I just wanted to Google the definition intimacy just, just to see what it, what it pulled up. And it's pretty basic. So intimacy, according to Google, <laughs> cause Hey man, everything has to be according to Google is close, familiar, or friendship and closeness. So it's kind of brief. It doesn't give you a whole lot when it's saying that. But what was really cool is under the definition of intimacy when I when I did Google that was I saw this little headline that said seven elements that define an intimate relationship. And I clicked on it and it was beautiful. It was just it it makes so much sense. It's so relatable, I think, for all of us. And we're just gonna kinda go through that because I think we all need to hear this. And hopefully for those of us that are in relationships you can get some really good knowledge from this and, and kind of compare it to maybe where you're at with your relationship and stuff that you might want to work on to take that intimate level deeper. And, and the other reason why we want to like really delve into this is because I know for men, right. I think we were talking about this earlier too, that it's, it's hard to express yourself. Right. Um, and be able to, engage emotionally with your partner do you want to maybe share a little bit about that angle before we dive in yeah i mean you really need to be self-aware of who you are as an individual and that can be scary as hell for for any of us that's for sure because to have a true intimate relationship when you meet somebody for the first time you need to be willing to share who you are as an individual all the all the good stuff and all the nasty shit that, that we want to like hide from them. So it's, it's willingness and, and that, being courageous, oh, right? right? Oh, absolutely. Cause I call it the great revealing, right? It's, it's like over time you're getting to know someone and something happens in the body. Like you get upset with them uh, or there's a tightness that happens. And, you know, I, it, I used to push that down and pretend nothing was wrong and then keep going. And then something else would trigger me or upset me or make me annoyed, but I wouldn't speak it. I know that was my problem. I wouldn't speak it. I would actually just kind of disappear. So the person I was dating would be like, where, where did she go? And, and I, and I would harbor these hurt feelings. And I realized later over time, it's because I didn't want to share what was happening for me because that was too revealing. It was too intimate and it's scary. Oh, it's so scary. Right? I mean, uh, (laughs) to really share who you are to somebody requires 
a lot of courage, obviously, in yourself, but a lot of trust in that other individual that they're not going to judge you because we're afraid they're going to judge us and they're not going to love us or care for us because of what you're sharing. And that's some scary shit right there. That is some really scary shit right there. And I know I was afraid of doing that for most of my, most of my life. And it just took a long time for me to, to really become more aware of who I am and to, in so many ways, fall in love with myself to where I was comfortable enough to share who I was 100%. I I love that. And, and that really is step one for me when talking about intimacy is that you have to have intimacy with yourself first, right? If you don't know your body and the messages it's sending and the discomfort that's arising, then it's going to be so hard to share and articulate that to somebody else because that's really step one. It's like, why is my chest tight right now while my partner's talking to me? What is going on? If I don't know what's happening, I can't open and reveal and deepen with the person sitting across from me who, who I'm trying to uh, get more intimate with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one of the first components that we're going to share with you, or elements I should say, is knowledge. And that's sharing with your partner all your desires, your dreams, your fears, your flaws, just as you said, the great reveal, unveiling who you are as, an, as a person. And as we've stated, that is, that is very frightening to do. But boy, when you have the courage to do that, it's going to show your partner how much trust you have in them. And in so many ways, it's going to relax them to want to share with you. Yeah, there's something about being able to even more beyond desires uh, to kind of break down fears and, and those kind of terms is like to be able to turn to your partner and say, you know, um, I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt here or I'm afraid that you don't feel the same way about me that I do about you. I mean, those kind of reveals like that to me is so courageous. And that opens up a door to this deep conversation and a witnessing of really what's going on. Well, like it opens a pro- up the door of great communication. And that's, I mean, you're talking to a guy who's been married and was divorced and our communication skills were the shit. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, for those of you that are married, or have been married, you understand how difficult marriage is. Marriage is marriage is a very complicated beast. And I was married in my early 30s. I thought I knew what I was doing. I thought I knew who I was. Um, and the simple reality was I just wasn't in touch with who I was. So in a lot of ways, I was just living a lie and, and basically portraying myself to be somebody that I wasn't like going through the motions, right? Yeah, going through the motions, you know, and if you're doing that, then obviously you and your partner are not going to have a very intimate relationship, you know, and that's, it, it's, it's, it's complicated. It's so complicated. I don't want to share too much because that'll bore people. But the reality is, you've got to be 100% authentic with who you are as an individual before you even consider going down that road. That is for sure. Well, and the other piece around that is there's a lot of barriers to knowing yourself. Wouldn't you say? I, I, I mean, there's, it's not only scary to reveal yourself to other people, but to even have the awareness to go into your own self and figure out, why am I doing these behaviors or why am I stuck in these patterns that maybe that don't serve me or hang out with people that aren't the best for me? I mean, there, there's a lot of a deeper story going on there. So, so yeah, it's, it's like this journey going into yourself um, mm-hmm. that I think, like I said, begins there and having the courage to do that. So the second one is interdependent. And that's, that's when you have a very safe bond where partners can rely on one another, but also maintain their independence and autonomy. And that's super important because, you know, this, this is something I can say when I was married, and this is relatable right here because 
I lost myself. I lost my autonomy. And if you're going to have an intimate, real intimate relationship, you need to be able to thrive together, but you also need to be able to thrive as individuals. Mm-hmm. And I just want to comment because there was a really good question um, from somebody on Facebook. Um, Facebook okay. And she had asked, you know, what's the difference between codependence um, and, you know, healthy intimacy and, and you know, because co- I think interdependence can be misunderstood and I want to just kind of chat about that for a minute. So codependency is when a person feels good about themselves and what they're doing because somebody else approves of them. It's, it's all centered around I'm good because you approve of me or you like me or, you know, uh, you're okay with what I'm doing. And if you don't have that approval, there's like a breakdown. You know, there, there's a, a questioning. And, and so codependency is really, it's, it's not that healthy, autonomous kind of interdependence we were, we were talking about. And so that in relationship to interdependence, which is recognizing that we need each other, especially a partner, to feel safe and to feel loved and connected, and that those are healthy things. I think they've been... Um, you know, uh, thumbs down a lot in our society. They haven't really been, uh, they've been frowned upon a lot in our society, but attachment science talks about the more deeply connected and safe. And I think you have some of that in your notes that we feel with our partner, especially the more independent we become and the further out we can go and become more of who we truly are. We become actually more autonomous because we have this, this steady attachment figure that we know is going to be there when we reach for them. That's really well said. Really well said. So the next one, and it kind of ties into this a little bit, is care. And that's just displaying genuine selfless care for one another. And I think selflessness is a big part of that. So... care, that love, that support that they need helps them thrive, obviously. And it, it's, I'm struggling with this one. Well, care. Yeah, you know, I, I had a client uh, at some one point say that he realized he was responsible to protect his wife's heart and really hold hold the space down for her. And I loved when he said that. I thought it was so phenomenal. And so for me, care is really about people that are close in relationship and, and can closely connected, caring for each other's feelings, mm-hmm. being mindful of, of, you know, reassuring each other where they're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really taking that into consideration because when it comes to dealing with the heart, it is, it's, a, it's, it's a scary dilemma to you know, we, we don't want to mess with it. We really want to try and find a way to ease the heart and make it feel safe and cared for. That's beautifully said again. This is the, this is the beauty of doing live radio. Sometimes you have a brain freeze, and it happens. And remember, guys, I am blonde, so it does happen on occasion. <laughs> and I'm almost 50, therefore I'm halfway there. I'm in trouble. <laughs> so you've got to knock yourself a little bit here and there. The next one is trust. And this is, this is a biggie. And it's just having confidence that we place in each other that they're safe emotionally and physically. And trust is probably, to me, one of the biggest ones because when you can really trust your partner, it, it does. It re- releases all those shackles that you might have that are binding you to just be authentically real with who you are and not be afraid of, of sharing everything about you. And, you know, as we know, Trusting someone is, it's a very scary thing because you're putting, you're putting your heart in their hands. And that's why it's very, very important that we care for this individual and nurture them and are really, you know, when it comes to the care, being mindful of what we say, how we approach things, so we're not stomping on them. It's very critical. And a few 
a few ways to build trust. There's some beautiful phrases I'm just going to share with y'all because I think it's, it's good to have these in your awareness. Choose you. I'm 100% here in this relationship. I have your back. I'm going to protect your heart. To be able to say those kinds of things to one another, again, creates this safety to open. And um, I think, John, you were saying the other day you found some research online that actually sex, the more trust and the more connection you have, the better your sex life becomes. Didn't you find something like that? Yeah, I, I saw this really good TED Talk, and it was just kind of looking at the science behind sex and intimacy. And obviously it, it's just stating that if, you're, if your sex life really lacks intimacy, that, that genuine emotional connection, um, they like to phrase it, it's like dancing with no music. That's kind of the simplest way to approach it. It's, yes, you have that sensation of the sex act, but you have no emotional depth to it. Um, but they're saying there's a lot of people that are okay with that. And I think most of us want to have that emotional connection because the reality is if we do have that emotional connection with our partner on all those beautiful uh, levels, it's going to heighten your sex. It's going to, it's just going to bring it to a level that uh, makes your knees weak. You like that? (laughs) God. Yes, I just did say that. And, you know, I think a lot of people – that don't want to take it to that level or that can't take it to that level, that there's a lot of reasons for that because it can get scary. And, and that's the thing I, I keep kind of circling um, back around to. Um, yeah. It's um, when a person can't open because they're afraid, it's usually because they've been hurt by people in previous relationships by family members, people close to them, and the pain, you know, has been so off the charts that they don't want to feel that again. So they've created this safe kind of life where they stay disconnected. Um, I've seen it uh, for years, and in fact, I used to be one of those people. I was extremely disconnected from my body. Um, they would call, call me the magician. When there was challenges, I would disappear. <laughs> I would, I would disappear and I would harbor, you know, my resentment secretly. And, uh, yeah, David Copperfield here. Exactly. <laughs> I would be gone out of touch. Um, but you know, I, I didn't, uh, have the capacity and a lot of people don't have the capacity to go inside and come back and say like, you know, you really hurt me there. Or when you did that, it hurt my feelings or it brought this up for me. And the thing, too, is usually the person on the other end never intends to hurt us. They're just doing the best they can. But the lens we're seeing them through is connected to past and prior hurts. So we're, we're really funneling that in through that lens. Um, there's some great research out there if you all are interested. It's called Emotionally Focused Therapy. Um, Dr. Sue uh, Johnson is amazing. She has a book called Homely Tight. Uh, a lot of my training has come from her on attachment, on how to be more safe and secure in relationships. Um, and I just think it's, it's, it's worth researching and, and better understanding because we're all looking for something, right? Like, what are we looking for, right? And I, I don't know what you think, John, but I think it's, it's being seen, somebody who can really see us and know who we are and to feel at home with, you know, in, in, in all of us in all of our faces. I would, I would agree with hundred percent. And that goes with just knowledge of really knowing your partner is so, so important because it, again, I was, I was talking about my past marriage where our communication just wasn't, it just wasn't healthy. And, you know, that's just, I think partly because again, being a guy, and, you know, when we're growing up, we, we really don't have a good foundation that we're, that we're given. 
because boys are boys. We're just, instead of having a, you know, a good conversation about maybe how we're feeling, it's better just to slug somebody in the shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, or, or just kick them in the ass and then go, let's go play some football. So we don't learn how to have those skills. We don't learn, we don't know how to really share and open up. So right away when we're young, we're just kind of, you know, we're handcuffed. So yes, we might meet someone that really makes our heart beat fast and we want to share our feelings and our emotions, but we don't know how to do it. And unfortunately, we've got to stub our toe along, along the way to get to that point. Um, shit, it took me 45 years to finally get in touch with who I am. So, you know, we, we, we hope that doesn't take people that long, but sometimes it does. And that goes for females too, unfortunately. And it's like what Christina said, when, we are, when we're hurt in previous relationships, it can really do a lot of damage. It's going to close us up and it's going to make us uh, not trust somebody. It's going to make us second guess what they say. And, and we're going to be more on our, our radar is going to be up even more. So if they do something a little bit that makes us uneasy, we're going to go further backwards instead of being willing to uh, dig deep and let them in. And I wanted to just, that was, I liked that what you just shared, John, I, I wanted to piggyback on that a little bit because sure. your friend Melvin had a question on on our page on Facebook, uh, Afraid of the Dark, and he he said he wanted to understand, like, because women are more emotional than men are and men are more physical, and how do we, how do we make this work, basically, was his question. How do we uh, relate from that way? And my response to that is, actually, I don't feel that, women are more emotional than men. Um, I, I feel like men are just as emotional and or intuitive as women, but they have, like John was saying, uh, they've been socialized differently. So uh, I know in the past, uh, in my dating experience, I have met men that were extremely uh, emotional and even so more emotional than I was. Um, it was challenging. I've shared on the show before that I know, I mean, and that's not to, to, you know, call anybody out. It's just to say that I had to learn myself being raised uh, in the family I was raised in how to emote and how to share. So uh, I met a lot of men that did it better than I did. So I I don't think it has to do with uh, female or male. I feel it really has to do with our own individual experiences. And I know, you know, I was talking to my friend at at, uh, lunch today, and she said, if you look at little boys when they're tiny, they're so cute. They want to cuddle and get hugs and, you know, they cry if they fall. And it's kind of from there. It's, I don't know. I've just, since A Star is Born, I saw that movie. You know, I've just, no, really, the, the Bradley Cooper, I just, if you guys haven't seen that movie, go watch it right now. <laughs> but but I've, I've just really been sitting in this deep compassion for, for men, uh, especially in how, from that innocent child that's emotional and open gets bruised and bumped along the way and told to, you know, just get over it. That's, that's the famous get over it, stop crying, stop being a sissy. And so I think that's what forms a lot of the challenges with men and women relating. And, and if you talk about intimacy between a man and a woman, what we learn in the research is if, you really want a woman to open to you and feel safe and connected to you, which then creates that depth that you're both looking for and more physical intimacy. You have to learn to become emotionally intelligent and to emote, which means to share what you're feeling. So therein lies a really big challenge, right? Yeah. Kind of, kind of getting back to what you just said. I think, I I do think men are emotional not any more or any less than a woman. I think we just internalize it a lot more sometimes because we don't want to uh, express it. So our way of expressing is to hold it in. And sometimes we find a a self-destructive way of dealing with it. And I would rather be emotional and emote, as Christina just said, and get it out in the open so it, it opens up that line of communication between the two of us, then internalize it because then, you know, the, what's one of the worst things that can happen to us? We start to overthink shit. 
and then we, when we start overthinking, we know what happens then. It just becomes poisonous and poisonous and poisonous. So, Mel, it was a great question. And as Christina said, I think uh, it's just learning how to deal with our emotions, learning how to express it in a positive way. Because by emoting, to me, that's positive. I would rather have somebody emote than hold it in and then start to maybe gain resentment towards me because of them holding it in and not knowing how to express themselves. So Yeah, and in the field of psychology, we call that withholding. So a lot of times in relationships, um, you know, they say you have a pursuer and a withdrawer, and that's straight out of the EFT for couples uh, handbook. And uh, usually the person withdrawing is the one that's stuck in their head. That's the one that, that is afraid to show what's going on. And so the other person starts feeling abandoned and confused, and there's this pattern that starts forming. And it's pretty prominent in, in a lot of relationships. So how to break that cycle, it's possible, but it's, it's challenging. Um, and it's definitely worth understanding. So I, I think the one, the one piece I want to say about this before we move on is I want you all to, to see this as, you know, in The Wizard of Oz, right before the end, and I hope I'm not ruining the ending. I think we've all seen The Wizard of Oz. If we haven't, that's just horrible. But, uh, you know, when Dorothy finds the wizard, quote-unquote wizard, and opens the curtain, and there's this little man back there, and she's like, what? I feel like that's really what we're all trying to hide. We have this curtain that's shielding us from revealing how we're wired. We have our own hard, hard system inside, like a computer, you know, and this intimacy is about opening that curtain a little bit at a time for this other person or, or people in our lives to let them see how we're hardwired. And that, to me, is the most courageous act there is, whether you are a man or a woman. I would agree. On a side note, when it comes to The Wizard of Oz, that movie to this day still scares the shit out of me. In fact, whenever it's on, I won't watch it. <laughs> I don't know why. It's not the monkeys. It's maybe it's the munchkins. And we have John reviewing. <laughs> so hey, man, I'm I'm sharing. I'm sharing. That's what it's all about. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I'll see. It'll be on TNT, and I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> and damn munchkins, I can't do it. <laughs> Sorry if I offended anybody. Moving on. So the next one is responsiveness, and that's recognizing, understanding, and supporting each other in times of pain and gain. And again, this is, this is a huge one. And it's, you know, you, you've got to, well, this is where, again, communication is really important. If, if you're sharing what you're going through, it allows your partner to respond and support you and be there for you. And it could be in so many ways. Sometimes the best way to respond is just to listen. That's, that's probably the biggest thing I've learned over the past couple of years is how to fucking shut up and just listen. Because sometimes by just listening, just letting that person share what they're going through, their story, that's all they need. They don't need you to say a damn thing. Well, and, and men are so socialized to fix things, aren't they? I mean, this is that... <laughs> And it's not a, it's a very endearing quality, but not when I think it comes to emotional intimacy, right? I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. And, you know, I'm still working on this one myself, but I definitely have made a lot of progress with just listening to my partner share. And that's, that's a tool. And that's something I think we all need to sit back and think about instead of stepping in and saying what we think they should do. Just listen. And from a woman's perspective, I mean, come on, ladies. We ourselves have to learn to build that muscle as well. I, I, well, because what I've seen in my experiences is men process differently than women do, right? So what happens is a woman will ask a man a question, and what happens? <laughs> the, the, the clock starts ticking, Right. And so what I used to do is I'd start answering for them. Is it this? Is it that? Did you mean this? Did you mean, I mean, it was just this thing. And so I think I've shared with people that it's become part of my spiritual practice to learn 
how to just shut up and be quiet and actually give my, my man, my partner, the space to gather himself and be able to respond to me. And, and I find when I do that that it's, you know, he'll say a few words and then I'll, I'll keep waiting and I won't speak or I may ask a question of what he said and then he'll go deeper. So men can get there. They just need the space and, and to not be bombarded. So, yeah, ladies, we also need to learn how to build that muscle where we can take a pause and, and take a breath. Um, and I want to say one more thing about responsiveness. Uh, I think the other piece for me when I hear that is acknowledging our partners. I know when when my honey does something sweet, uh, you know, moves my car for me or makes me dinner, I am definitely going to be responsive in gratitude and acknowledging and thanking and because it's it's beautiful when we do things for each other and and take the time and put the effort in. It's it's a bid for for connection. It's definitely uh something that creates connection. So I just wanted to. No, I, I would agree. You know, I would agree. I think anytime you're in a relationship for a period of time, you start to take things for granted. Mm-hmm. And it's important to always be acknowledging the simple things that somebody does for you because it, it does go a long way. And we do tend to gloss over some of those things as, uh, as we go along. So we definitely want to remind ourselves to say thank you, to say that was sweet of you or anything like that because it's it's vital. And, again, it, it keeps that line of communication going. It keeps that line of trust going, care, all those things. And it just, it just makes them feel, as Christina said a few moments ago, acknowledged. Acknowledged is so, so important. And just, just let me take you back one more time back to listening. You know, when you, when you, just sit back and listen to your partner say what they have to say. And, you know, it could take a few minutes. It could take 30 seconds. But at least when they're done, you have a full understanding of what they're trying to say to you. So your response is going to be put together better. Right. Otherwise, if we're interrupting and jumping in too soon, we're not hearing them. And our response is going to, if anything, upset them even more to where they might start to shut down in the future. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And the, the way I see that is listening to understand instead of listening to respond. And I've seen that posted online on Facebook. I think the Dalai Lama said that. But it's, it's so much. And I think that's what we forget. I, 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 do, I do it myself, you know, where I want to kind of jump in and say something. Um, and, I, and I pull myself. It's like, oh, it's a, I'm telling you, it's a muscle. You're a trainer, right? you got to build your muscles. And this muscle of, you know, tell me more. Like, I didn't know that was happening for you. Help me understand what's going on for you. Or I'm listening. Again, that reassurance, that, that trust. Like, I'm going to listen to you. And, and to be able to really, like you said, pull back and create that container there's something beautiful about the container right where you and your partner feel that you can have this safe sharing zone where you're like you said not going to be judged and um that they're they're actually caring to understand you well realize that listening is a wonderful way of showing support so remember that guys I, i can't emphasize that enough it'll it'll change things by listening and just asking a few simple questions, it just allows your partner to really express themselves. And think of what you're doing. You're building that beautiful foundation to where they're going to be more and more comfortable to share, you know, what's going on in their lives. And it's just going to help you grow as a couple and, well, better intimacy and better sex. (laughs) Yeah, it's the guy in me. It's the guy in me. I'd throw it in there. <laughs> so responsiveness. So we just went over that. The next one is mutuality. And that's changing from me to we. So that's, that's the big stepping stone. It's, you know, so many times I'm going to go do this and yada, yada, yada. It becomes, it evolves into we're going to go do this together. You're becoming a couple. And, you know, it's, it doesn't sound like much, but it's important. It's important stuff. 
Yeah, and and, and you you're you now become a unit. So it's not that you have to check in before you do things necessarily, uh, but it's it's nice to share what your desires are or what you're wanting to do to see if your partner wanted, you know, so it's kind of like a, a checking in with and, and just a including, you know, like you said, the we-ness part. Um, and I, I love when I hear someone say we, talk about, you know, when, when I'm in a relationship, talk about we. Yay, I feel connected. I feel like we're in this together, right? Because it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a rough world out there. So it's nice to feel like you have a, a person that you're kind of in it with, right? We does definitely take it to a diff- another level. I know when I hear we, it makes me feel like you just said, we're a unit. Yep. You know, we're working together to do this or we're going to go do this. It's just uh, there's something soothing about that. So it's, it's a beautiful, it's a really beautiful thing. And the last one, and this is, I think, where mutuality kind of comes, you know, ties it together, is it's the commitment. And that's wanting the relationship to continue to grow, which allows, you know, those other six um, elements bloom into intimacy. So that commitment ties it all together. So when you're tying knowledge, interdependence, care, trust, responsiveness, and mutuality, ties it all up into a beautiful package of commitment because you guys are all on the same page. Mm-hmm. You're on that same journey together. And ultimately, I like to think we're all searching for that and wanting that. And, and to me, the, the commitment isn't just to the relationship. It's to yourself. Yeah. You know, I, I know for me, uh, the reason why I'm able to do intimacy today and to, to reveal and to share, you know, my pains or whatever's going on for me is because I, I worked on myself. So, you know, my commitment, I realized had to be to myself first and I had to understand this vehicle I live in (laughs) and the messages it's sending me and to be fearless enough to go in and feel those, those parts of me that I didn't want to necessarily even acknowledge uh, and to work with those in some way. So I could have the awareness to bring it back and share it. Otherwise it's just discomfort, right? It's, it's unprocessed discomfort. And if, if I refuse to work on that, then I can't grow in my relationship because my partner doesn't understand me. So it's, it's this double sided uh, commitment I think to yourself first and to continuing to grow and, and be a happy person, right? Who are you bringing back to the relationship is always what I say in intimacy. Are you bringing back an angry, dissatisfied uh, person or are you bringing back somebody who is happy and fulfilled and prosperous? So those are huge factors, I think. Well, it's, it's funny, you were talking about self-care and, you know, wanting to keep continuing to build yourself up and express yourself. And it's important that whoever you're involved with is there supporting you and encouraging you to keep doing this kind of work. Because, you, you, again, you want to be encouraging each other to keep growing as individuals because it's going to just continue to enhance, obviously, yourself, but it's going to enhance the relationship. So, you know, strive to encourage each other to be better, to be a better version of yourself and, you know, to kind of have the same goals. That's, that's vital. I remember a really good friend of mine years and years ago, and she was a training client of mine, and um, she was going through a divorce, and she just said, you know, one of the pieces of advice I can give you is you guys need to grow together. And she was just stating that her and her partner just didn't grow together. She was going in a different direction as he was going in a different direction. So it just, it broke down over time. And it's true. You guys have to grow together. That's where these, these seven elements are so key to, you know, keep you guys going in the same direction, you know, really knowing each other, really encouraging each other to be individuals caring for one another, trusting one another, and, you know, being responsive to one another. I mean, all these things are vital 
to work together to continue to keep that intimate level going in the same direction because it will break down in time if you neglect one of those elements. It just will. I, I can attest to it. I probably broke down with, well, all seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing, too, is, you know, I think it's good now to kind of, as we're starting to wrap up the show a bit, um, to talk about what to do if you're blocked, right? What do you do if you find yourself in repeated patterns in relationships where they're just not satisfying, where there's fighting all the time and, you know, you're in love one minute and the next minute you're running, you know, to the other side of the football field to try to find some safety in a bleacher. You know, it's just kind of like if, if you're in those kind of relational cycles is to get some help, you know, to find a relationship coach, to find a therapist, um, somebody that uh, has some kind of, attachment or somatic, we call it, which is about the body training that can help you go into the body and, and befriend it because, because if you don't learn how to befriend your body, it's, it's going to turn on you, you know, and, and we're going to be stuck in all these crazy cycles and patterns. And once again, I really do believe we're all just wanting to feel deep, love and connection. And that comes through this intimacy, through being seen and accepted and, and heard and safe. I mean, those are huge. And, and if you really look at those, those are all the things that children need. You know, it's like we're, 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 we're still children inside. We're just in big bodies, you know, and in much more advanced intellectual systems. But when it really comes down to the heart, we need all the things that kids need. I mean, uh, differently, obviously, but the same, the same components. It, it's funny you said that because a few years ago, I, you know, it helped me kind of get in tune with who I was and rediscover myself. I, I wrote a lot. And when you mentioned children, it made me, this is, I don't know, to me, this, this is a nice metaphor, a nice visual to how I view intimacy and, just remember when you're a kid and you're at the playground and you're going to play capture the flag or something or, or any game and you're all standing in line and there's two captains that are picking teams and you're just sitting there going, Oh God, please pick me. Please pick me. Me, <laughs> You know, and Joe's getting picked. Carrie's getting picked and, you know, and then there's like two people left and you're just feeling so deflated because you're almost the last person picked. And in some ways, I think that's how some of us view intimacy because it's scary as shit because we all can relate to those days when we're, when we're children and we're, and we're being picked last and we just start to feel like we're not being seen. And that's a scary place to be because we've all been there. But it takes a lot of courage to allow yourself to be seen. So I just wanted to share that because it just made me think of, it just yeah. made me think of that. So and chosen and chosen and chosen. But when you're chosen, you got to make sure you've done the work on yourself so you can truly be seen. So yeah, that's important. It was kind of like you know what did Jim Morrison say? There's no one gets out alive. No, <laughs> there's no way. There's there's no way out. You know, it's kind of like. You either do the work on yourself and go in and learn uh, about your body and your needs and your pains and your physiological discomforts and the language that the body uses to talk to you when things arise, or you don't. You're a stranger in a vehicle. You know, it's funny. I just thought of this, too. My uh, partner will say to me all the time, did you read the manual? And I'm like, No. He does. He's like, I'll say something about my watch or my card. He'll go, well, go, go grab the manual. And I'm like, I don't read the manual. And he is a manual reader. Like that's, I don't know if that's a, another interesting. You know, that's, that's, that's impressive because I was just going to say, this is, okay, sorry, men, but this is how men view intimacy. They don't like to read maps. <laughs> if we can't read a map, we're just try, trying to wing it. That's a guy with intimacy right there. So, <laughs> but I, so, so, yeah. so I'm impressed Larry can actually yeah. read the manual. Oh, yeah. But, but for me, you know, it's kind of like uh, 
you know, maybe I need to start reading the manual. <laughs> but, but anyhow, but, but case in point, it's like we need to know the manuals of our own bodies, the manuals of our own essence. And that is step one of intimacy. Before we even bring ourselves into contact with anybody else. In fact, I just said to somebody the other day, if you're not connected to you and you're not in love with your life, if you're not digging what you're doing, just put a no vacancy, just put, you know, no vacancy sign up there. There's no reason to even date at that point because you're just going to find yourself in really uncomfortable, challenging situations. I would agree. I would agree. All right, so I'm going to finish the the show with a beautiful quote by uh, Bradley Cooper and Miss Lady Gaga. Since we're obsessed, since, with that since we're obsessed with the movie right now, but um, <laughs> but it, it kind of it kind of goes hand in hand with intimacy. So and this kind of it can relate to men and women. So mm-hmm. it goes both ways. But tell me something, boy, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or, or do you need more? And it hard keeping it so hardcore. I love that. I, that. That right there. Talk a little bit about the hardcore before we wrap up. I, think, I think speaking for a man, we're trying so hard to portray ourselves as always being strong and in control. And, you know, as I stated earlier, kind of holding our emotions inside in check because Nothing gets us rattled. Um, doesn't it get to the point where enough is enough and just be authentically who you are? Mm-hmm. Emote, share your feelings. It, it makes you more of a man if you're willing to do that than if you're not. So, you know, speaking to all my boys out there, be true to yourself. Share yourself. You know, why, why wouldn't you? By doing that, you're being the most courageous guy out there. By holding it in, you're being a coward. So if you really want to enhance your life personally, share. Be real. Be real with yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and say, this is who I am, and I'm going to start living every day by being that, that guy instead of portraying yourself as somebody you're not. Yeah, and the same for women. You know, we, we have to learn how to, you know, manage ourselves and uh, not go to high levels of intensity if we can and learn to listen, not only to our own bodies, but also to our partners. Um, so I feel like we have, as, you know, our own kind of work to do um, and to also make space for our men to be able to come toward us with their sharing and with how they're feeling and to ask the questions and allow that space for your partner to come forward. So um, I love that you ended with that quote. Uh, that song is amazing. And um, so I, I hope that we, I believe we answered all the questions that people left on our page. Yes. And um, I hope this helps. Uh, feel free to leave any feedback about the show. We'd love that. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks, everybody. Be careful of the Wizard of Oz. (laughs) But on a side note, be good to yourselves and just be real. Have a great evening, everyone.